Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. Hello, it's Andrew, and welcome to the top five episodes of the Performance Intelligence Podcast for 2023. Hours, hundreds of hours of work, interview, research, editing, cutting room floor has gone into the podcast whiz, and now we've narrowed down to the top five of the past 12 months. Yeah, I don't know if hundreds of hours is an understatement, but you're not, probably not far off with that number. Thousands of hours? Maybe. It would be, Who wouldn't knows? it? Yeah. Yeah. So let's go. The top five are number five, the science of resistance training and winning Mr. World, longevity benefits of bodybuilding, everything you wanted to know on testosterone, peptides and HGH with our good buddy Nick Jones. Number four, the Irish lads, Ty Kennelly and David Eccles, dropping the armor around men's health, becoming comfortable in your own skin and embracing love. Number three was the science of burnout and how to become burnout proof with our Irish buddy, Dr. Tom Buckley. Do you see the parallels here? Remember, we did this last year. We didn't even realize going into it, but it was four of the top five last year were from Ireland. Okay, so far we've got two. Then we had, then we had number two, Richard Burton, the power of living a life on purpose and how to find it. And then number one with a drum roll. The science of cold water therapy and deciphering what is fact, fad, and fiction with Dr. Tom Buckley. Dr. Tom, congratulations. Two out of the top five of the most popular performance intelligence podcast for 2023. Andrew, the team's put together a clip from each one of these podcasts, and I'd be keen to hear your reflection on it. I did a few reflections, Wiz. As we get to the end of the year, it's a good time to look back in the rearview mirror, as we spoke about last week on the Performance Intelligence Podcast. Three key areas for me. Number one, I think the top five really shows what our audience wants. Number two, the sustainable operating rhythm we've set up. I've been asked a bit about that lately, so I want to expand. And number three, the growth. Number one, the top five podcasts. Well, that tells you, right? People want to know information on cold water therapy. I was surprised heat, modality, and sauna didn't poll as high. And Dr. Tom's got a bit of a bugbear on this. He wants us to replay that, which we probably will over summer. But the CWT, cold water therapy, it is hot right now. Pardon the pun. Purpose with Birdo. I actually said after we recorded that to you, this is definitely going to be in our top few podcasts. And we were right. We just knew... It was a special conversation with Richard. He really brought everything to it, and his way of teaching was just so elegant. Love that one. Burnout and workload, well, hello. On the back of COVID, everyone's working long hours. We've got this whole mix with hybrid. Dom Price from Atlassian, didn't he wind up when I spoke to him about the word hybrid? But those themes are so, so pertinent right now. Connection and friendship. What I love is it's not just about high performance. You can be better. Got to do that in American accent. But we've also had some real conversations and a lot of downloads around meaning, around purpose, around friendship and around love. And then with Big Nick, it wasn't just about resistance training. It was about healthy living and it was about longevity. So really interesting. The top episodes is obviously what our people want to hear more of. Science, science and more science. And then you slip in a little bit of the emotional stuff. That is something I also didn't realize, Wiz, until you print out. I say this to all of our coaching clients and our programs, even my athletes. Write it down, Dr. Tony Grant. God bless your soul. Tony used to say, if it ain't written, it ain't coaching. And when you write down, and when I did a list of all this, I went, 
Wow. Four of our top 10 are the signs of, three of our top 10 are the power of. So next year, if you only see the power of, the signs of, you know we're tapping into what works. We might go the science of, power of, and double dip on everything else as well. So that was really interesting, Wiz, because when we first started this, me especially, I thought we've got to have rock star names. Hey, and, and don't get us wrong, we've had some, and big shout out to all the rock stars we've had in sport, business, entertainment. One of my reflections was it's the topic as much as the person that gets the download. So if you've got a great topic and a great talent, bang, that's where you get the magic. So that was my first observation just in what our audience wants. The second one, and we've been asked more about this recently, we produce 40 podcasts a year. We do it every week in school. There's 10 weeks in a school term or semester by four there's 40 podcasts. We then down-regulate in the holidays. Whiz, that ensures you don't burn out. I, I run at a high pace, and that means you guys run at a high pace as well. Not only are we doing a podcast, I'm doing keynoting, I'm running executive programs. We run a business drive, Stronger doing consulting. We're building a tech platform. I work with a couple of teams as a mental skills and leadership coach and work with individual athletes. <gasps> Pause, breeze. This is why I need a holiday. But that's why we do 40, because it's achievable, it's sustainable, and it fits into our operating rhythm. And what I've liked this year is, is we've evolved. It's not just like, hey, week one, let's do a podcast. In the 10 episodes we do every semester or every term, there's a rough format, a couple of science of, one color, one or two athletes. But I've liked the evolution. I like that we've had PQ and me as well. I think it's really going to bring a bit of the community feel into it as well. Hopefully we, we've started building that community and I think it will also help a lot of people just hearing random listeners' thoughts. And on that note, Wiz, the perfect time for a plug, and I'm sure everyone's heard me say this on every single episode, and we've got to because we're funding this ourselves. So it's important for us that you do go to your platform of choice, subscribe, and while you're there, leave us a rating and review. That really does help. We'll continue to evolve. We'll continue the sustainable operating rhythm. We'll continue bringing you content that you want to listen to. And the third part, the growth. I have been absolutely blown away by the growth of the podcast this year. We had a goal set for the end of the year and we absolutely smashed it. We can tell people what the goal was. We wanted to hit 10,000 monthly listeners by early next year and we've blown through that with months to spare. Almost doubled it. We are just nudging 20,000 downloads per month, which, yeah, was is phenomenal. Because when we cracked 10 and then it just kept going up and up and up, plotted out at about 15, it's been a hockey stick. So I'm really proud of that. I'm sharing it because you know, you, we do the work. We've done thousands of hours, as you corrected me, behind the scenes. And it's a project, I sometimes say flippantly, a passion project. It's not. We put a lot of time. So I'm so proud of the work that you've done. I'm so proud of the work and the support we've had from Luba and from Angeline and Angela and the rest of the team as well, because it really is a team effort. It definitely is. Uh, like you said, it's not just thousands of hours of one person's work. There's a there's a whole team of us, at least five of us, working on each and every podcast. There were my reflections. The top five episodes show what people want to learn or listen to. It's sustainable. I consciously, purposely set up an operating rhythm where we record 10 episodes, down-regulate for a few months, because we know we can keep producing content like this for years and it doesn't feel like a chore. And also the growth has been phenomenal. So thank you for supporting us. Keep supporting us. Now, Wiz, let's do a little bit of a clip from each of the five episodes. We'll start with number five. 
This was hard. It was really hard to choose the so-called best bit or a clip to amplify it. The one we've gone with is talking to Nick about PEDS, performance-enhancing drugs. Let's have a listen. Now, you've given me permission to ask this next question. Yes. You've competed clean mm. or, or clean. You've, you've competed – is there a better natural? And no, natural, and clean, steroid-free. competed where you've taken exogenous substances. Yes. What's the difference for you? Like when you when – you, like how do you feel different? How do you perform different? Yeah, m- much like you said, the difference with anabolics are they help you to be stronger – and help you to recover quicker. So if you don't go into the gym and train harder, a little more often, you're just not getting the benefit. All they really do is allow you to get a bit stronger and use more protein to recover quicker. So the protocols with nutrition, with training, with cardiovascular work to lose body fat are really unchanged because when I was using anabolics and training, I would train so hard so hard. I was squatting 230 kilos for six to eight reps, you know? So I was training so, so hard. That's- Yeah, I was was strong. I was very strong. But as uh, an 18-year-old, without ever using anabolics, I could squat 180 kilo back then, you know? So I think, not I think, I know there are no real differences in the application of protocols to building muscle and losing fat whether you're using anabolics or not using anabolics. I think the athletes that do use them where, I mean, bodybuilding's not, majority of the, the top competitions, they're not tested. You're not cheating to use anabolics in bodybuilding unless it's a tested natural federation. And all the biggest federations, most popular federations in the world don't test. There's no drug testing. So it's very openly talked about in the US. They refer to steroids as PEDs, performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes they call them IPEIDs, performance performance-enhancing image drugs, but I, ah. I prefer that PEDs. PEDs, yeah. I'd say maybe the media call it PEID, and I'd say the athletes call it PED. Certainly softens the the blow when you say, you know, I'm using steroids or, yeah, I'm using PEDs like all the other athletes. And again, uh, you know, it's like the guys that you talked about using the vet steroids. It's very, very different to being an educated athlete. And I mean, I never, never used coaches back in the day with bodybuilding. We'd learn the training, the nutrition, the supplementation. We'd learn all of this ourselves because there were no real bodybuilding coaches back when I first started with bodybuilding. And I've learned enough to not ever need to use a coach. Nick Jones, I just can't get over how good he is at what he does, like starting your own supplement company by measuring them yourself in your garage, going on and winning, spoiler alert, Mr. Universe Australia at the age of 52. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, you've got to listen to that episode because of each of the episodes we are amplifying at the start, we've got each of the people on it and they're doing a reflection on the podcast that we recorded with them that made the top five Interesting. There's a couple of people who've said, "Ooh, I wish I'd said this," or "Here's what I would update." So it's a constant evolution, and also the feedback people have had and the learnings they've had. So on that note, number four was with Ty Canelli and David Eccles, dropping the armor around men's health, becoming comfortable in your own skin, and embracing love. Whereas this is not the clip we're playing, but the vision I have of this, the strong memory, is we're at Balmoral Beach the day we did the podcast. The coldest day Sydney's had, I think, for 10 years. It was bloody freezing. You joined in, I joined in. Our toes, our fingers, I don't know how you held the camera. It was bloody freezing that morning. Didn't have much of a choice. My fingers were frozen to the camera. (laughs) So the clip we've chosen for this one, and I can't help but think of Meet the Fokker, the character Robert De Niro plays, the circle of trust. You know, Gaylord, there's you. You're not in the circle of trust. But let's listen to the lads talk 
from WNOW when no one's watching about their circle of trust. This was really raw. This is live footage from the session that Wiz and I attended. On the beach this morning, and we'll talk about the, 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 the way you set up the, the sessions, but you do an introduction and then you do a fitness session and you, you're you shit at counting. Like you <laughs> said, it's going to be 45 seconds of burpees and he didn't have, did you see that bit wizard? He had the timer and I'm thinking, hey, come on, mate, get your timer sorted. And you do an exercise session and then you have a circle of trust. Yeah. That first thing when I heard that, I, I did think of Gaylord Fokker. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever people yes, say that? Yes, Meet the Fockers? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, here's the circle, <laughs> and that's you. This is us. Uh, but then you, you mm. finish the exercise session, and then you have a circle of trust. And then you step inside the circle and share what's going on, good, bad, indifferent. There was one guy that shared this morning about sobriety and you, you could just feel the quiver in his voice. And I was just watching around. I was watching you, Dave, and I could see you were running two filters. One, you're looking at the group and you're looking at him to make sure he was okay. And Ty, you were doing the same. So I was watching you, what was going on above the surface as well. And you could just see as this man shared his story and then stepped back, I saw him take a big breath and breathe out. And I just thought, wow, you guys are creating something you can't even explain unless you're there. You get that every week. Yep. What do you reckon your dad is thinking when he looks down on that? I'm proud because I suppose he he passed on skills without us knowing it and without me knowing it, without him knowing it, sorry, more so that he hasn't had the joy of seeing at the time. But I made a video and just sent it out to the group and how proud I was of the group this morning afterwards. We see it every week and it's it reinvigorates us. Um, it reinvigorates people in the group. It quantifies to us what we're doing also, which is very hard to quantify to get funding or get things. But the impact that we're having is it's so rewarding, but it's 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 even deeper than that. It's it's a level of connecting men that we had no idea what we were doing. I still think we don't have an idea of what we're doing. <laughs> you know, I feel like we're winging it at times. We've spent two years probably working on a piece that we've landed on what it is and how it works and how it looks. But the sharing piece is so powerful for men because go back to the point around when we get to, my wife goes out oh, 20 minutes with a coffee and she comes back and she's unloaded everything about her best friend. I'm five hours in the pub with Eccles and I have no idea what's going on in his life. That. 20 seconds often it can be just step forward we see men come down they've been coming for years and they don't step in and then they step in and to your point around that that weight it's like watching a physically take a backpack off themselves I just watched him breathe this morning and he just breathed out and, and you could just you could feel like it, the, the group right we could feel the connection but just with that young man I, I just thought he's he's owning this and he feels so proud of being able to say that, to say, hey, I was an alcoholic and it's fucking hard. And he spoke about some of the other things he turned to. And I just thought, wow. And, I, and Wizard, I looked at you because, you know, I said, come along this morning, mate, and film. And then I said in the car, what do you think? And you said? Yeah, no, I said I was blown away by it. I thought that was, was a crazy story that he had and it was great that he could share it like that. Do, do you know the powerful thing is it's, Every week there's a crazy story, as Wizard says, and it's the, the part we surveyed, recently surveyed all of our members, 
And we asked them, why do they come down? Do they come down for fitness? Do they come down for... Number one was social connection. Number two was mental health. And number three was fitness. Mm -hmm. So even though if you're walking past, you see us doing 30 minutes exercise on a beach and it might look like a boot camp sometimes, that's not why people come down. People come down because of what happens in the circle of trust or what happens around the coffee and conversations after. And to to rewind even, it's the... What WNI is, we just create safe spaces for men to be able to engage and to be able to see tag. So we have, we see tag playing on a Friday night on a Saturday night for the swans in the day and he's ripped and he looks great and he's he's bulletproof, you know. Uh, we put sports stars up on this pedestal as being perfect. But the power of when tag comes down and shares his story on the beach, you can, I just look at the faces of everybody in the circle and everybody's jaw drops and they're going, well, if it's okay for him to say that he's not okay and that he just wants to share a story, that gives me permission to step forward and say, you know what, I'm having a bit of a shit time as well, you know, or the flip, a lot of people step forward and celebrate stuff as well. Yeah. But That's what I like as well. It's not, it, it's not just people saying, here's what's wrong. Mm, You've yeah. got both. Yeah. Here's, here's what's going well. Yeah, and it's just... It's that social connection is really key. I think you know. It's that I think as men we're 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 quite bad, or we're definitely bad at making deep social connections. I've shared more with this group on a Wednesday morning. These guys are only one step away from being strangers. Some people are coming down for the first week, but there's a freedom in sharing your story with these people, you know. And then you end up getting a deeper connection with these people and friends that have had for 30 years because the friends you have for 30 years, you go to the pub, how's it going? Yeah, it's going great. The wife's good, the kid's good, work's good. <laughs> Let's watch the football, you know? It's amazing to hear their story and like both of their individual stories, how they got to where they are and how dedicated they are to making sure that no one ends up in the position that they were in. And so much passion. We were in this studio recording that live and I said at the time, you fuck it. It's like they really got me to open up about my dad. And it was quite raw at that stage that dad was being treated. We didn't know where he was at. We just saw his health decline. And I'm happy to say he's had a bunch of hyperbaric chambers, a bit of other treatment as well. And he's back to where he was. He was up here a couple of weeks ago at my brother's house, painting up the scaffolding. And my brother said, Trev's back. Yeah, I couldn't keep up with him. So we, we are going to do a podcast next year on hyperbaric chambers because even doctors that Dr. Tom helped us connect with were saying, I don't, I don't know like why you're improving, but you are. And they, they admitted that they didn't know a lot about hyperbaric chambers because the evidence is not there yet because they're so new, but they're really intrigued. So I've got an expert, one of the world's expert in hyperbaric chambers, and that's coming up early next year. That's, that's great to hear about your dad. I, I didn't know that until just now. Yeah, it really does make me happy, Wiz. Let's switch to the third most downloaded podcast for 2023, which was The Science of Burnout and How to Become Burnout Proof with Dr. Tom Buckley. In fact, this was the second serve whiz because we did the first podcast with Dr. Tom about 18 months ago on The Science of Burnout and we updated a few things. We'd evolved, we had changed because when we did that first podcast, the five key areas we looked at were very influenced by COVID. Now we're out in this hybrid environment with a lot more people spending a lot more time back at work. I said to Tom, hey mate, we need to update this uh, because it needs to be more aligned to how people are working now. I'm really glad we did that update and it looks like our audience is happy with it as well. Yeah, I mean, the first one was popular and then this one just took off on a whole other level. 
So maybe we we just need to do a the science of burnout every single year and how to become burnout proof because I don't think this one's going to go away. Down regulation's a term I hadn't even heard until I met you. So let's listen to this clip and learn how to down regulate physically and so- the five factors that make you burnout proof. Number one is down regulating. We call that strategic recovery. Number two is physiological capacity. We wrote a book on that called MatchFit. Number three is personal productivity. And that's what I like to call setting up a sustainable operating rhythm. Number four is social connectedness. No man, no woman is an island. And that's all around those strong bonds and relationships and finding your tribe. And number five is purpose alignment. Tom, let's start with number one, because I think this is the most important area to look at. Then I reckon two, three, four, you can jostle around and get to five if you have time. Yeah, I'm pleased we've really evolved with this because um, I think what's really, really clear with the 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 individuals we work with. And what's been really clear to me too with groups I've been working with in the health sector is that the biggest issue is not having the downtime. And so workload is only, I won't say workload is only, but workload is probably the, the biggest thing people talk about when they're not able to balance that with downtime. And we see this, you know, it's no wonder 70, 75% of say, intensive care physicians, nurses, other health professionals that work in ICU, it's no wonder that percentage of them report uh, score very, very high on a burnout continuum because the, the downtime just doesn't come. And we need to look at that from two perspectives. For, firstly, they didn't have downtime when the patient load was exceeded the staffing levels because of the the need for services during the middle of the pandemic. But what's happened is there's been about a 25-30% exodus of staff from the health system where people were protecting their own well-being and preventing burnout by, by leaving the health system. And so now, while you don't have a mass influx of COVID patients, you have a health system that's actually about 25-30% under with under capacity from the staffing. So for those left behind, the workload is still outbalancing the recovery. Now, I don't know if that's gonna be the same in all other organizations, but the big thing that's missing there is the downtime. And I recently heard you talk about this, Andrew, around your, your power of three. And I think that really resonates with me because people do wanna know what can I do? What should I do? And when should I do it? And I'll get into the power of three. But before I do, I just want to pick up and comment on what you said about in nursing and medical environments. I think a lot of that as well is because of that compassion fatigue, because people who go to those vocations, they really do care. And the research shows this, right, in organisations or in roles where people really do care, when they don't detach emotionally, they have a higher risk of burning out if they don't put these factors into their schedule. You add to that the overload we have in the public health system, it's really a perfect storm, isn't it, on top of everything else we've spoken about, that and, and this saddens me that the people that do wonderful work and care and literally save people's lives are burning out because they're not putting their oxygen mask on first. Yeah, and, and they'll, they may be more at risk too for a couple of factors because one of the things I've seen in the work that we've done um, in measuring burnout and measuring well-being is that healthcare professionals score super high on their purpose, super high on what gives them meaning. And work is super prominent in that. 
But of course, if you then have a degree of moral distress with your working, that you are not able to deliver the care or services or treatments that you feel you should be able to give, whether it's system resources, it's understaffing, um, it's, you know, all those issues around what is quality treatment, quality care. If they're difficult, then you have moral distress. And of course, that moral distress then becomes a trigger towards burnout and other exacerbations of that. So I think there are unique factors in health professionals. But I think that's also true in other professions where people are fully immersed in their career and their career is center of their life purpose. And should there be disruption to that or should you keep roadblocks in that, then you you become at high risk of burnout. I love Dr. Tom's lived-in experience of this topic. He said the research into burnout started in the healthcare sector, which he's worked in almost his entire life at this point. He really brings that hands-on experience from that medical field, but then you can tell he's also learned a lot working with you and working with Strive Stronger and just yeah, covering so many different fields of work. Yeah, I love the evolution, Wiz, from Tom and I, where we first started when he was definitely a nerdy academic and I was definitely a loose cowboy fitness trainer. And now we've got a really nice blend in between. I think we found a common purpose and what a great segue. The second most listened to podcast of 2023 is The Power of Living a Life on Purpose and How to Find It with Richard Burton. And as I said before, when we recorded this, we knew it was special and it went up the charts almost overnight. Yeah, I didn't realize how much of a big topic this was until we put this podcast out and it just exploded. Well, see, I knew because in keynotes, I was always getting asked about purpose and how do you craft your purpose. But I also knew to do your purpose or to go deep on it, you need three or four months. But I think this is really a topic that people want to know more of. Where we've adapted this, now I say, hey, if you don't have three or four months, if you don't have time, energy or attention, supplement. Look at what can you do around your Joy, what can you do around meaning, pleasure, have a bit of fun? Yes, I knew at the time that it was really popular. didn't surprise me. Let's have a listen to the clip. And the clip, we've chosen a bit of a different one. This is about helping kids find their purpose. I think it was between uh, your 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. meetings you wanted to find purpose. It doesn't work that way, obviously. it's It takes inner work. It's an inside-out process and it takes digging. And, and people don't like that. I mean, it's they're used to, you know, you and your career, you sell that business, buy that business, do that sort of thing. They're, they're stuff. It's tasks. But when it comes to us, really asking those questions that matter you know, that, that can be really difficult because we don't stop and do it. Now, back to your 20-year-old person, we want to change that. So part of my mission is to change the curriculum in schools to get young people to think about purpose, to think about, you know, what direction do I want to head in my life and why, and using our framework to, to actually do that. You do a lot of work in schools. What's it like with a 15 or 16-year-old boy or a you know, 15 or 16-year-old young girl, young mm. woman, they go there and some guy rocks up. You're a suave-looking guy. But then you start talking about purpose. What, what do kids say? Well, we start – so uh, the business is my design education. So we're in high schools. Um, my partner, Kirstine Siapara, who's a, a former teacher, um, we get the students to think about the most important subject in the world, which is them. So straight away they're in. 
<laughs> um, they're thinking, well, this is about me. So we, we actually go through the framework and say, well, let's focus on your strengths. What are you really good at? So purpose is down the track. Ah, so you don't go in and say, let's uncover, because I'm thinking about this even with my kids. If I said, hey, let's sit down and look at your purpose, they go, dad, like, yeah, keep this with your corporates. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, each, each student is unique. We're all unique. So it's about um, the subject is you and studying your uniqueness. And we, we go through that and uh, we find most, most kids, boys are a bit more of a challenge, I have to say. <laughs> The girls seem to really gravitate to it really naturally. Yeah, they, they, they go along the journey and we've, uh, at St Luke's Catholic College, we've got kids getting up and sharing their sense of who they are and the direction for their life in year eight. Wow. Do you, are you able to give me an example? You can change names, use a pseudonym of a kid that has got up and done that and the impact that it has on that child and and their career or where they're choosing to go? Yeah, a young young girl who is all about helping others with their confidence and their inner beauty. She's really interested in beautician, becoming a beautician, but it's the confidence she wants to build in people, that inner confidence to correct poor body image and those sort of things. That's a cause that is bigger than her and she's just... Yeah, you can actually see kids and, and people I work with, when they start to see that, they, they physically change in front of you. Doesn't she get that on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of, no. <laughs> Being provocative, isn't it? Lovely, though, when you see a young person, a young adult, to stand up and do that, that's, that's a gift to give that person. Because listening to this, and I'm sure everyone else is doing something similar, you go back to when you were that age, mm. 15, 16, I had big hair, really skinny, and I just wanted to run. You had hair? I had hair. Big hair, like much bigger than yours. It would have been a great song. I'll show you a photo. It's hilarious. <laughs> Whiz, you saw at my birthday recently, there were photos up and everyone goes, who's that guy with the big hair? But I had no idea at that age. Yeah. But it's, it's about getting students to articulate who they are. Now, that's that level of honesty that a lot of us, you know, they are looking within. They're getting taught a method of pausing and looking within and articulating who they are when they're doing it in front of their their parents their peers we get them to do it in front of a panel of experts you know from from different corporate fields so they all come in and they're blown away but the growth that people go through is is just amazing so it's not so much about get your life purpose statement perfect but it is about being open and sharing who you are and and that's a really powerful thing I still can't believe how many people I see come up to you after a keynote and they say, oh, I love that podcast on purpose. It's amazing. Or on the flip side of that, they come up to you and say, hey, do you have anything else about purpose? Because, you know, I really want to get into it. And then you crack out, oh, I've got this great podcast. Here's one you we listen to it earlier. Yeah. Do you realise how embarrassed I used to get when people said that? Did you see it? Did I have a little twitch or I'd make a joke? Oh, you're the listener. Have you noticed I'm not saying that anymore? Because yeah, yeah. one lady said to me, Andrew, you shouldn't make that joke if you're doing work. It was very similar to what a lady said to me years ago when I published my first book called Flip the Switch or every time I was in New Zealand at a keynote, Andrew is the best-selling author of Flip the Switch. Hello to our Kiwi audience. We're actually seeing with our data a lot of Kiwis listen to this. I'm sorry, I've just polarised the Kiwi audience. Uh, but I had a lady say that to me as well. You shouldn't take the mickey out of your podcast if you're proud of it. So we are proud. We're getting 20,000 or just under 20,000 downloads a month. So I'm not going to use that bad joke anymore. In fact, I was at Balmoral this morning. I had two different people, one guy in our squad and one lady I ran into who both mentioned the podcast. And I wanted to say that joke 
that flippant joke, oh, you're the listener, but I'm biting my tongue. So, Wiz, let's get to the number one most listened to podcast of 2023. He's back again, Dr. Tom Buckley, the science of cold water therapy and deciphering what is fact, fad, and fiction. This one's fantastic. I took so much away from this just for myself, and it's just such a hot topic. <laughs> hot topic. Now, oh. you're even re-educating your physios on this when your physio, after spraining an ankle, after playing soccer, or you know, globally it's called football, told you to put ice on it. I don't think you had the conversation. You just didn't go back, right? Yeah, pretty much. I went to the physio and they said, oh, can you put some ice on it during the week? And I went, oh, sure. And then in the back of my head, I went, oh, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> so let's play the clip. This one is a trip down memory lane, Wiz, because in the late 90s, is that when you were born? Let's say late. Some people might say mid, but you know. So just. So when I was running around and you were still wearing diapers, that's a scary thought, isn't it? Both those things. Our coach at the Tasmanian Institute of Sport, John Quinn, was years ahead of the curve. He had us doing contrast therapy. Interesting now we talk about it in our podcast. Back then it was cold water, jumping in the Derwent, which was bloody freezing, uh, and then doing some heat exposure, which could have been a hot shower. And we did this after training as well. We're taking it another level with a combination of heat and cold exposure. Let's have a listen to the clip. What I started to see come into the literature now is in the recovery space, and this makes a lot of sense, is what we call contrast therapy, using contrast, where we use heat and cold. So we might be pulsating the muscles. So it's vasoconstriction to vasodilation. Vasodilation. And, and I think that physiologically makes a lot of sense. I think it may reduce the soreness uh, and the perception of soreness but actually the way you recover and the way you grow post-exercise is actually the inflammatory system kicks in. You get all the red cells down there. You start this healing process. You lay down collagen if it's needed. You repair the tears in the muscle and that. It's never made sense to me to, to take all the, try and push the blood away from that process by, by being in ice. That's never really made sense to me. Um, and then expect the muscle to be fully recovered for the next bout of exercise. But but just on, on from a physiology point of view, for in you know, I'd studied a long time ago, you're living, breathing this. My basic understanding when I think of vasoconstriction, vasodilation, but when you get cold water, and then that pushes everything away from the extremity. And then when you get heat, it pushes it back. So you're getting this shunt. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the big areas that athletes, especially if there's an endurance component on your sport, or let's just talk about you know, anyone listening to this who wants to be a, in inverted commas, corporate athlete. If you've got DOMS, delayed onset of muscle soreness, because you've got those micro tears in the muscle as well, Yeah. going back to actin filament theory, then when you bring in recovery, it's going to help you get waste products, so especially lactic acid out of the system. So to me, that's what's always made sense, to get that shunt from hot to cold, getting waste products out, getting it back into the circulatory yeah. system, yeah. Yeah. break down, then a day or two you can go again. You, you still agree with that? Uh, 100%. I, I, you know, For me, it doesn't make sense if you want the positive adaptation to 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 training. And remember, the training effect is actually breaking down cells in the muscles. Yeah. And by doing that, then you create, create, we talked about hormetic responses earlier. Well, this is exactly what's happening here, but the adaptation then is to repair them and repair them stronger. You grow new blood vessels in there. So, you know, I don't know if you ever remember watching Lance Armstrong or Jan Ulrich's leg muscles back in the day. I mean, yeah, they're just littered with veins. So you create new blood vessels in there. You, you, that, Wasn't that I, testosterone? 
it was probably a lot of things, but you know, they were the, the concept of creating new blood vessels was there. Whether they pr promoted were creating more by creating taking lots of other products, well, we know they did. But even current current elite athletes, you look at them and they'll have a lot of veins in the muscles and. You look at guys in the gyms who are really well defined and have a very, very high vasculature. You can see it, but internally, the micro vessels are the ones you're growing because you produce more oxygen to those muscles and particularly endurance athletes, more oxygen, more red cells, more, more um, endurance. So those doesn't make sense to shunt all the blood away and stop all of that. Yes, it makes sense to, from a pain perspective or soreness perspective, because that's just a byproduct of the inflammatory response, but it doesn't make sense to take it away. So what I'm seeing in the literature now is a, a, a lot more push towards uh, alternating hot and cold in the recovery phase, that pulsing, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's probably where the literature is going, because in all the systematic reviews, you know, you, you continuously get this statement at the end, you know, in this one here, a uh, systematic review, there was no evidence that cooling effects any objective recovery variable in a significant way during a 68 hour, uh, 96 hours recovery period. And then what you get after another one, due to the limited quality of studies, further well-designed research is draw, needed to draw firm conclusions at the every single systematic review. And there's a lot of them, which is, means there's a lot of studies. You're getting this limited quality of studies, further better designed studies before we can draw any conclusion. But I think there is a strong trend towards the heat and cold coming out of the literature. Okay. You, you've researched this for days. We could talk about this for hours. Let's wrap up recovery and I'll summarise. I'm going to give it a tick and it sounds like it's the temperature shunting, not just the cold. So that example you said, and I think I put you onto this when you first started doing saunas and I said, you know, just breathe Buckley hard the fuck up, but have a sauna. I, I love the... 10-minute protocol sauna and then a cold water shower for 60 yeah. to 90 yeah. seconds, 10-minute sauna or start at 8 to 10 minutes in the heat, 60 to 90 seconds in the cold. Do that two or three times. You feel great. That's a regular weekly practice for me and I've been doing it for a couple of years and I will do that while ever I'm on this beautiful planet. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think there are a couple of sort of side exceptions to we, the discussion I've just had from a performance perspective. I mean, if you're performing in heat, it makes a lot of sense to try and cool the body down. So, you know, the application of, you see a lot of uh, athletes now wearing cooling vests. Mm -hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's different. And there was a, a really, really good study that came out of Canberra uh, from a, a researcher, Joanna Vale. And there they looked at, um, they were, it was cycling and they were doing, um, uh, in, in hot temperature, these protocols of cycling. And if they cool the body down in between the different intermittent bouts of exercise, then the, the, the cyclists who were cooled down, they were able to prolong their, their, um, their power a lot longer than if they weren't cooled down. So, so there is a use, there is a, from a performance perspective, there is a good use of heat, of cold therapy. What you're trying to do is get the body, you know, from overheating. That makes sense, yeah. From a recovery post-exercise perspective, I think that contrast that you just mentioned there, I think that's kind of where things are going. There are our top five 
downloaded podcast for the year. Over the Christmas and summer break, we're going to be playing the long-form version of that podcast again. So we've had everyone back in the studio, and for each of those five podcasts, there's a 10 or 15-minute intro where we talk about reflections, what we've learned, feedback they've had, feedback we've had, and any changes we would make to that podcast moving forward. Hey, Wiz, can I do a special call-out because it was really tight at five, six, and seven? Wayne Pierce, Healthy Living and Personal Leadership and All About Unlearning. That was in the top five up until the end. So Junior, you just got pipped in the last month. And also Michael Bungastania, MBS. That rocketed through. I have no doubt that this is going to be on our list for next year high up because it's only been published for a couple of months and already it's up there. That was the power of coaching. So again, we're having lots of conversations with people and I'm getting asked a lot about coaching. You do a podcast on it, no surprise. It is one of the most downloaded podcasts we've had for the year, even though we've only just published it. So that's a wrap for the year. I hope everyone has a great summer break. Chill out, relax, come back next year. We're aiming to have the same quality of guests a diverse range of topics and we're both really excited to see where the podcast can go to next year. Bloody excited. Wiz, thank you, mate, for the thousands of hours as you've reminded me. You have a great break as well. We're still going to be playing bite-sized pieces and when we come back early 2024, already we've got some crackers. I'm not going to tell you, you're just going to have to wait until we get to early next year. Thank you, mate. I've really enjoyed the process and yeah, many, many more to come. Mm-hmm.